Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, February 16th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Stocks ended higher yesterday as tensions over Ukraine eased a bit, and a big name in artificial intelligence is funding research into the hard problems of AI. Plus, the saying in the oil patch used to be, drill, baby, drill. Ultimately, the reason that people start out in oil is to drill more holes in the ground, and that's what they like to do. But pressure from Wall Street is making some shale energy producers hold back. We'll talk to our U.S. energy editor, Derek Brower, about this driller's dilemma. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Markets enjoyed some relief yesterday as the prospect of Russia attacking Ukraine eased a bit. U.S. and European shares rallied after Russia said it had begun pulling back troops along the Ukrainian border to their bases. The S&P 500 index rose about 1.5%. Oil prices also fell back from their steady march upward. Brent crude fell 3.5%. But our U.S. capital markets correspondent Kate Duguid reminds us that this is already a time for extreme jitteriness in the markets. At this moment, we are reacting to the littlest bit of news from the Fed. Last week, when it seemed like an invasion was imminent, investors sold riskier assets like U.S. and U.K. stocks um, and then bought up safe haven assets like government debt. But on Tuesday, when that invasion did not seem so likely, those moves began to unwind. What's really interesting here, I think, is that in in the U.S. is that the Ukraine-Russia news has been tempering some of the market's reaction to last week's uh, super hot inflation print. But then demand for those safe haven assets on the Russia news has reversed some of that move. So we've got these kind of competing forces uh, at play, especially in the U.S. Treasury market at the moment. Kate Duguid is the FT's U.S. capital markets correspondent. Now, yesterday, as stocks rose, oil prices dropped, but Brent crude and West Texas Intermediate have been steadily increasing towards 100 bucks a barrel. If they hit 100 bucks a barrel, it would be the first time since 2014. And that's got shale oil companies in the U.S. itching to fire up their drilling rigs. But many are holding back. That's largely because of past lessons learned and the fear of Wall Street's wrath. Here's our U.S. energy editor, Derek Brower. The industry that is, has re-emerged post-pandemic is trying to tell Wall Street, tell investors that it can actually make money in future. But it's doing that at the expense of not producing as much oil anymore. So what do investors think about scaling back, Derek? Well, the, the funny thing is, before the pandemic, U.S. oil producers, shale producers were producing more and more oil, but they weren't making very much money. Now they're producing less oil but they're making money hand over fist. Some of these companies, companies like Pioneer Natural Resources, Devon Energy, who I spoke to down in, in Oklahoma City last week, you know, they are making more money than they have ever in their history because they're not spending as much money on drilling. And that is actually starting to win back some investors from a low base. But some of these investors say, well, look, I mean, the dividends that these companies are paying out for the first time in their history, they're really, really, really big dividends. So there is this kind of battle being waged almost in the minds of the shale executive class. You know, these these are men that often grew up thinking they needed to drill more and more wells and, you know, to the glory of America, they needed to produce more and more oil. And now they've had to adjust their mindset to produce profits instead of more and more oil. 
And they're starting to like this because many of them are paying themselves some of these dividends. Sure. Makes sense. So what does this mean for the shale industry long term? And can shale energy producers maintain this kind of restraint on drilling? The, the American shale industry thinks it has finally arrived at a place where it can grow production modestly and not overwhelm the oil market with too much supply. That was one of its problems in the past. At the same time as it actually starts to generate profits. The big problem is that as oil prices rise, some of what they are referring to as capital discipline, this new model, a lot of people fear that the companies will just get back to doing what they used to do, which is just producing more oil and forgetting about this uh, notion of capital discipline of returning money to shareholders. Because ultimately, the reason that people uh, start out in oil, generally speaking, is to drill more holes in the ground. And that's what they like to do. So it's hard to believe that an industry can change its spots so quickly. The shale industry is swearing blind. These public executives are saying, I promise you, we are not going to waste all your capital on drilling too many too many wells again. Uh, but Wall Street's still pretty skeptical. Derek Brower is the FT's US energy editor. So as you probably know, artificial intelligence is a huge part of our lives. But there's also growing awareness of the problems it's creating. Its algorithms have biases, and they fan political divisions. Now, a tech titan behind AI says he wants to fund research to help solve these problems. The FT's Matamita Mergia spoke to former Google chief executive Eric Schmidt about his new $125 million fund called AI2050. It seems that they're also interested more in the future of what AI is going to look like in 2050. And um, for that, you know, the other questions they're concerned about, and that sort of comes back to Schmidt's experience, uh, you know, in the National Security Commission, you know, they're interested in also geopolitical questions around, you know, how do we, how, when different countries are competing over AI, how will that work? But as Madhu points out, this nonprofit, which is supposed to fund non-commercial research, is very much overseen by company executives. So this is actually something that Schmidt himself acknowledged. You know, he said the money comes from Google wealth. And so he thinks that this is kind of a recycling, you know, wealth that's created by Google that's then recycled. I mean, I think we should also note that the co-chair of this foundation, or this grant rather, um, is James Manyika. He's the new head of technology and society at Google. Um, he says that, you know, he's playing this advisory role in a personal capacity. But I think it just goes to show that, you know, so much of the talent and the money and the ideas in AI is so sort of concentrated in the hands of corporates like Google, like Facebook. Even large universities are struggling both for funding and for talent when they've got to compete with these companies. Maramita Mergia is the FT's European technology correspondent. Before we go, about 3,000 Airbus workers in the UK voted overwhelmingly to go on strike, possibly as early as next month. The key issue here is pay. Their union describes the salary offer by the aerospace company as unacceptably low. Workers want the company to put up an offer that reflects rising living costs. Airbus says its company in the UK has made the offer based on the context of the pandemic's impact on business. The threat of a strike comes as Airbus is trying to increase production to meet rising customer demand. 
You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.